Hey, it's Scott Hamilton, and we are at the Culture Room in Fort Lauderdale. Big show tonight. Gemini Syndrome is in town, and Aaron Nordstrom is sitting down with me. How are you, Aaron? Doing great, man. Good to see you. Great to see you again. Yeah, man. So, big news this week. New record deal for Gemini Syndrome. That's what I hear. <laughs> well, I think you posted it's on the internet, so it must be true. It must be true, because the internet says so. Yeah, we signed with uh, Another Century. Uh, it's been in the works for a little bit. And we finalized it, so uh, we're very happy, man. We've known those guys for for a long time. They've always been very big supporters of us, um, you know, from the beginning. So I, I think we're in a place where, you know, they get what we're doing. They see what we're trying to do, see where we're trying to go, and I think they're behind that. So it's a very, very comfortable place to be. you got to have that support? Absolutely. Well, of course, we started playing Eternity a few weeks ago, and immediately the question comes, when are we getting the second album? It's only been two years since Lux, but everybody seems to want it now. Soon. <laughs> as soon as we're done on the road, we go to the studio to finish it. So our goal is early next year. If, I mean, if I had to put a date on it, I'd say March 1st, just as kind of a... You could finish it that fast? I think so. <laughs> I hope so. But you've already got a couple songs done. Yeah, we have two down. Uh, as far as like finishing, the fact we're working with Kane Cherko on this record, um, we worked with his dad, Kevin, on the first one. We worked with him on Eternity. After working with these guys, you know, in the past so many times, there's a certain rhythm. We kind of know how they operate. They know how we operate. So there's not really that, that kind of feeling it out process that we had in Lux. So Lux took like four months to record. Really? Yeah, we were in the studio for, for four months exactly. And uh, I think this will go a lot quicker because a lot of the stuff is already kind of, not only are the songs a lot more put together than they were, I think, when we went in for the first one. We took this last six-month break to really dial in as best we could on our own, but, you know, as far as doing our own pre-production before we go in and get their take on it. And, of course, things will change. They always have great input, and we know that. That's, you know, I'm not heartbroken now when I go into the studio. And they're like, oh, we're going to rewrite this part. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> just is what it is now. It's part of the business. Yeah, and I wasn't heartbroken the first record either. But they always end up coming, you know, if it's a cooler idea, it's a cooler idea. And they push us to, to, to think outside of our box, you know. And to be better. And to be better. And to play stuff that we wouldn't think to play or sing stuff that we wouldn't think to sing. And, you know, for better or worse, pushing my range. I remember talking to Kevin on the first record. It's like, man, I don't want to have to sing that every night. He goes, well, you know, my, my job is to make a great record. After that, it's not my problem. <laughs> I love those guys, dude. Hate them. I wonder if they were telling Rob Halford that back in the day, you know. <laughs> it wouldn't have been an issue for him. I don't have that range, man. I don't have that voice. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a faster process. Well, and that actually is one of my questions. Um, how much does that play when you're recording an album? Does it play on you that I'm going to have to do this live? Uh, I mean, definitely it's a conscious part of it, you know, I mean, there's, at the end of the day, there are things you can do, you know, how do I say this, there's things you can do once in a controlled environment where you can take a break and, and warm up and then take another break, you know what I mean? Then you can hit certain notes or hold certain notes a certain amount of time that like when you're running around on stage and you've played you know, 13 shows in a row that are a little more difficult to pull off. And so, yeah, it definitely comes into mind to like, to kind of see into the future and know that like, I'm going to have to do this every day. I would say also with that statement being made that more or less, I don't care. <laughs> I remember doing the scream for eternity, that last scream on there. And I was right. like really, really worried that I wasn't going to be able to pull it off live. Cause it's, it's a pretty serious, like, Long, high note, yeah. high scream for me. And I'm able to do it. So we were doing another demo for another song, and I guess I, I topped that by like four seconds. 
And Brian was looking at me, he's like, you don't have to do it that long, dude. Because it was how long the part was, you know, for whatever reason, whether it was the tempo that I don't even remember which song it is at the, off the top of my head, but that part just, that's how I wanted the scream to be. He's like, you know, you don't have to do that. He's like, you don't have to kill yourself. I was like, just press play, you know? <laughs> I just did it anyway. So Recording the damn we'll thing. see what happens in the studio for real. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, songs like Morningstar, that's a really tough song for me to sing every night. And uh, I'd like to I'd like to think that, that I have the, the, the wisdom now to know that, look, well, maybe don't do that. But if it's what the part requires, then, then I'm going to do that. So I kinda, it's what sounds best. Yeah, and I kind of shoot myself in the foot for that. So. I think about it, but I just usually discard it, I guess, is the really short way of saying that really long answer. <laughs> now, you haven't done too many headlining gigs. What went into putting together tonight's list? As far as what we're playing? Yeah, it's like, how do you decide? I mean, we could play the whole album, but then what else are we going to play? You know? Right. Uh, you know, we wanted to definitely play some new stuff. Um, for us, personally, that was just, you know, we've been playing these songs for a long time, and we're excited. We have new material. We're excited for it. And uh, I think I wrote, I know I wrote this, the first set list that we, that we were playing with uh, before we even started rehearsals. And I kind of sent it out to everybody and Brian and I had a talk. And we're like, well, the only, as, as cool as all these songs are and as great as it would be to play them, the only problem we have is that no one's going to know them. <laughs> I said, that's a very good point. So we kind of took a couple of those out and added some, some of the older stuff. Um, but just trying to sprinkle in some, some new stuff and catch a, catch a reaction from from how people are vibing with it and so far so good i was gonna say you're a great live band i think even the when i first saw you open for device i did i knew three songs because i had the sampler and i still love the set so and you see you're still here checking us here i am two years later you know so (laughs) yeah it's gone over really well and and you know there's just enough new stuff to to kind of please our our desire to play new stuff and then you know usually it's followed immediately by something something off Lux, so people know it. So it's a good back and forth, I think, a good balance. You have such an epic sound on Lux. Is is that going to be something that carries over into the next album since you're working kind of in the Churko family still? I certainly hope so. I mean, you know, that's... Nice, thick. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the kind of music I like. It's the kind of music I like to play and I like to write and I like to listen to. So uh, I definitely... There's some parts on, on this record that are that are pretty epic in my mind. Um, I was told a couple things that Mark heard are going to blow my mind, so that, that was a positive thing to hear. All right. <laughs> Put on your helmet so you don't make a mess. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it should be good, man. We're definitely... I, I answered this, this similar question the other day, like, what's this new record going to sound like? Is it going to sound like Gemini Syndrome? I said, of course, it's Gemini Syndrome doing it. Well, is it going to be the same as Lux? No, it's not, because it's a new record. And you have to evolve. Yeah, and that's the goal. You know, so it'll still be us playing music, so it's going to sound like us playing music. Um, and it'll be, you know, it's whatever genre you want to classify us as, that's, you know, what it's going to hit. So. I remember two years ago, you guys were adamant that we're not a metal band. You were, you were just, that was the first words. Out of, we're not metal. We're, we're not, we're really not metal. Yeah. And I would have, I've not, I would not have called you metal at the time. A lot of people do, you know, a lot of people do. And some of the older folks, anything with a scream is metal. So Yeah, and that's very true. You know, and, and I think that really, that, that line started to get blurred when bands like Linkin Park came out. You know, yeah. I, I don't see Linkin Park as a metal band, but Chester screams. You know, and as, as their career went on, screamed more. Yeah. You know, even on the older stuff that they had already recorded, you know, if you watch, I just watched uh, Guitar Center Sessions with them on, uh, on cable last night, and they were playing some of the older stuff. He's screaming, like, where it's definitely not on the record. <laughs> and I think it's cool. It adds, it's a cool thing. Same thing with, like, Tool. They, they're called a metal band. Some people say yes. Some people say no. Maynard screams every once in a while. I don't know. 
I call them progressive metal. That's what I think. <laughs> you know, that's what I and you you know how I feel about the prog metal stuff. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, it's rock music for sure. You know, it's definitely not not rock music. And uh, under the, the the subcategories of that, for days and days and days as they go on, you can probably find a dozen or so that we fit in. I guess. I don't know. I, don't I just love when I see online people describing bands with like five and six genres, you know, a, a melodic pop metal math oriented goth, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day. Metal core, scream core, emo core, you know. And I, I love I love math, like math metal too. Like people have called Mudvayne math metal and Meshuggah and stuff, but it always makes me laugh because music at the end of the day is a mathematical system. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's all math. So I don't know why people feel <laughs> The need to put that in there. But yes, hey. but some music is more technical than others. Like Meshuggah. And Miley, and Miley Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so technical. Yeah, so how are your feelings on things like auto-tunes and pro-tooling songs to death? Um, that's very popular in pop music, R&B music, country music. Now we're starting to see rock bands really abusing the... Uh, in my opinion, who's a, a purist, I grew up on Zeppelin and The Who and stuff with very little effects. What do you think? I think it should be used exactly how it's titled. It should be used as a tool. Bingo. That's it. And leave it, leave it there. I think at the end of the day... You know, Don't let it make the music. Yeah. Going back to something we just talked about as far as like when, I, when I'm writing a part, whether it be vocally or otherwise, can I do it later? And I think that is absolutely necessary. Like everything, even if we tune something later, it's still performed the, you know, in the initial stage or whatever. Right. The, the stuff like tuning stuff, you know, not in the sense of like TI tuning it, you know, that kind of stuff. But like, it just cleans things up, and I get that. It's a tool. Right. But at the end. But then they'll take one word and they'll duplicate it, you know, or a phrase and duplicate it. They didn't really sing all that. Right. <laughs> and and if, again, if you're using a delay effect, that's one thing, you know, but that's an effect, and that's a tool that's, you know, been used since the dawn of those creations. But. Yeah, to overkill it, I, I think just takes something away from it. Again, it's a tool. All those things are tools. And there's a, there's a purity to that rock band in the garage that even, even the biggest bands that play stadiums still started as that rock band in the garage, and that's something that some of the other genres don't have. Very true. You know, being, being kind of um, factory processed in a sense of saying, well, we're just going to take this cute girl and she can kind of sing, and then we'll put a good songwriter with her, and then that'll be the end of the day, and we'll sell a million records, and we'll all make money. And, you know, that is what it is. That's not what this genre, this, you know, what musicians' music is. And you're right, we all start in, you know, our basements or our garages. Or and, and I'm not saying there's not pure music in those other genres, but rock seems to have a higher quotient of we're just dudes playing our instruments, you know? I think that's where it comes from, though. That's like the birthplace of it. You know, it all kind of stems out of that. I think that's why dudes end up in rock bands, because that's what they have accessible to them. You know, there's a, a quote from, from Dave Grohl, and I'm not going to try to, to recite it, but he's basically talking about the difference of, like, how he, he can't stand, like, the American Idol culture, where these guys think that they can just go to a TV show and then they'll be overnight, you know, superstars. And he's like, we came in and had a beat-up drum set and a beat-up guitar, and we were in our garage, and we made just the most awful racket on the planet. And then we kept trying. We got For 20 years, they kept trying. Yeah, <laughs> and we kept trying, and we got better and better. And they, could, they honed their craft at the end of the day. You know, it becomes an art form. It is an art form, and it is a craft. And you have to get better at a craft. 
So, yeah, to, to you know, talk about pop music and not being musical, that's absolutely not true. No. I mean, pop music is absolutely musical. And the Intensely guys, musical, even. And the guys who are writing those songs are insanely talented. Mm-hmm. Guys and girls, would you know, would be PC or whatever, like I care. But, but they're not the ones in front of the microphone in the video. Exactly, and that's the part that's fabricated, you know. And it's a shame in that sense. But, you know, I just, uh, yesterday on, on a Facebook feed, we were... We were watching on cable. Uh, Frozen came on, right? And I know you want to build a snowman. I do want to build a snowman. <laughs> so we were posting up different. You know, there's the the uh, Breaking Bad version of "Do You Want to Build a Meth Lab," which I find really funny. That was funny. So we put you were posting that stuff up, and one of my friends had posted up a metal version of Frozen, of that of the theme song, and uh, it was like really good. And then somebody else posted up like a Miley Cyrus song that was done in a metal core. And it was really good. And, we're, and Brian and I are talking like these songs are like really well written tunes. It's why they're popular. At the end of the day, those guys know what they're doing. It just yeah. depends on how you do it. Exactly. And, that, and it, it says something about how you can manipulate just things like instrumentation and presentation to make, you know, if it is all math in a certain sense, you know, there's soul to it too. I don't mean to suck the life out of it and yeah, say it's all there science. Has there has to be soul to it. But the, the actual, you know, physics of sonic stuff is science man and however you manipulate that when you put it through your filter whether it be your pop filter your metal filter is what you're going to get but it's so so similar across the board at the end of the day you know going back to you listen to you know like like a lot of prog bands or some some european metal stuff you know it's like just straight out classical music pretty much yeah you listen to emperor or demi borgir that stuff is like classical music just with a lot of distortion and some blast beats and a dude's screaming about Satan. <laughs> so then, yeah, you pretty much nailed that. <laughs> yeah, but all those dudes like come up on classical music. That's what they're trained. I, mean, I played classical for many years in my life, and there's no doubt that it helped. I was a trumpet player. Nice. <laughs> I like it. I didn't play the trumpet. Classical and jazz, baby. That's where it's at. Well, and I think that's what makes me a good radio program director. I can actually listen to a song and go, I don't just like that. That's actually a good song. Sure, from a from a, an objective standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, I might hate the artist, but I can say it's a good song, well played. I totally agree. Kind of like I feel about Gemini Syndrome. No. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Those guys, I just don't know. So you do have a couple new uh, uh, talented gentlemen with you. Tell us a little bit about them. I know they're kind of going through a trial period. Yeah, man, we got uh, John and Chris coming out with us on this run, um, knocking shows out day by day. Because people, because people were, you know, you're, you got a picture of the three of you. They're a trio now. Yeah, I mean, and it, you know, it's interesting in the sense that, so, Rich and Mike are gone. That is what it is. Life happened. And at the core of it, the band remains is AP, Brian, and myself. And, uh, you know, putting together other guys is like, you know, they're relationships, man. You know, they're finding the right fit and the right chemistry. And spending time on the road. Yeah, and all that stuff, all of those things are factors. So, they're good dudes, they're great players. And they're, they're with us right now, and that's great. We'll be sizing them up tonight. Don't worry. We're having a good time. We're, <laughs> people are enjoying the shows. We're enjoying the shows. So we keep going forward, man. It's rock and roll. You can utilize that actually. So, um, <laughs> it's okay. We know Ash. It's fine. <laughs> no worries, man. No. Just wait till we're interviewing your band. Just wait. <laughs> So you're going to finish up headlining when? Uh, we'll be home, I think the last show is October 9th in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. So a couple more weeks. And then songwriting and eventually studio time. And then straight to the studio. Really? Songwriting is done. 
we did that the last six months, so we have more than enough stuff to go and do the record. We're going to have to pick and choose like we did for Lux. We have too much, which is... That's a good problem to have. Always what we shoot for. Always to have too much. So I don't want to nail you down on any particular answer, but we talked about two years ago, Lux was your first light into the world, so to speak. What is this second album going... You don't have to give me a title, but what's it kind of... The theme is Memento Mori, which means Remember We Die. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what the record's about. It's about being... If, if you know Lux was light in birth... This is the process of being here and, you know, all the good and bad that comes with that and then realizing that there's a, uh, there's a time limit on that. You know, this ride ain't forever. Our time is finite here. And exactly. I as you and I both know. <laughs> the, the word finite's come up a lot. I use that a lot. You know, it's not an infinite existence, at least in this skin, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been really relevant in my head a lot lately in the last year or so, just knowing that I'm, I'm getting older. I'm not old, but I'm getting older. And I'm going to continue to get older, and eventually I will die. And that's a that's a sobering realization. Well, or you recommended the movie Transcendence. Maybe we all become birds and butterflies. You know. You know, one can hope. <laughs> I'd like to be a butterfly. Uh, I could see your coming out party. Sure. Yeah, dude. <laughs> wait, wait, what? No. No. Well, anyway, thanks for taking the time. I know you have other people to talk to, and you have a show to play tonight. Anything I need to tell people about Gemini Syndrome? We ain't going anywhere but up. No, we're, we're here to stay, man. <laughs> wow, I'm from the South, and that was actually almost authentic. Was that good? <laughs> Y'all are bad as hell. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we'll get that That's on. My favorite. Y'all are bad as hell, man. Hell you probably hell. hear that a lot, though. I like that. It makes me, it makes me smile. So. Bad as hell. Y'all are bad as hell, man. No, I mean, like I said, man, we're stronger than we have been. You know, we're here, we're dedicated, we're moving forward, so. And we'll see you on the road. You know we will. Get that album done. I will. Thanks, Aaron. No problem, thank you. Thank you.